Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Fundamentalist Podcast. My name is Elliot Morgan. This podcast is brought to you also by Peter Rollins. Pete, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I've changed the seating arrangement. I thought I would try to, nice. to kind of face you a bit I more. I like this. Instead of always being on this kind of side. Angle. Yeah. So there you go. I didn't notice. Mixing please. it up. And you have my mic right here. I know. I had it all set up for you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was a really nice treat. Well, Christmas. <laughs> oh, sh- I forgot your Christmas present. Oh, you. Oh, shit! I forgot completely. Your I'll give Christmas it to you this present? weekend. Okay, I got yeah. you a really, 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 really good Christmas present. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, like it. Right. I'm really, really, really <laughs> excited to give it to you. And holy shit! I mean, did you land the fucking plane? Hey, man. Uh, so he got me this. If you're watching the video, it's called Business Secrets of the Pharaohs. <laughs> um, I was going to wrap it and everything. It's going to be great. Okay. Mm. So um, this is a podcast. It's called The Fundamentalists. We are going to be diving into uh, a meme this, uh, this, this week. This is partially inspired from a YouTuber I started watching a little bit of. He does a channel called Meme Analysis. He analyzes memes. I thought that's a very fun idea. You're analyzing the most the silliest, simplest, stupidest images. You're expounding on them. You're amplifying them. All very fun. But one of them... One meme that he talked about that is, I recall this being a very highly popularized meme. Uh, it's based on a philosophy problem, right? A, philo- a thought problem, a thought experiment. So I thought, what better topic uh, for the fundamentalists than to talk about this problem, which is the trolley problem, okay? Yeah. So if you're unfamiliar with the trolley problem, you, uh, um, you have a le- lever, and there is a train headed your way. And there's a fork in the tracks. And if you allow the trolley to continue on its path, it will run over five innocent people who are tied to the tracks. However, if you pull the lever, if you take action, it will switch tracks and you will only kill one person. What do you do? Why so is one it? is passive and one is active. Yes, one is you're not active. you're not doing anything. Yep. You're not involved. You're just watching. You didn't set this up. You could be be a passerby. Yep. You're seeing this thing going. So you're you're passive, and in the second you're active, you like action. you're you're actively killing somebody. Basically, you're either passively watching five people die, or you're actively killing one person. Right. Yep. Um, so what do you do and why is this such an interesting question and why is it something that has been turned into many funny memes <laughs> across the internet, which speaks to, I think just the overall, um, you know, vibe of like people having a sense of humor on the internet. Uh, and it just- is funny, but I was saying to you earlier that, um, you know, in philosophy, they use the trolley problem kind of first year ethics just to get the conversation going. Somebody you'll throw in. And there's different versions of it. There's the fat man and there's the transplant. Yeah, we'll the fat man, with you. Fat man um, over a bridge. Kind of the, the, I saw one where it's, he's about to push a man off of a bridge as the train. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, that's the fat man one, which is kind of like, so it's, yeah, because, well, yeah, we'll get into that in a second. Because it's a, it's a really a interesting version. one. There's a billion versions. But and what, what they're used for is, you know, get people to think about what should I do? Am I, am I responsible for what I don't do? Um, well, or, be- before well, we dive yeah. in too much to the, oh, yeah. the actual philosophy of it, without spoiling your uh, thoughts behind the answer, what would you do? Let's let's imagine it in okay. real life. I was going to do this to you, so you got there first with me. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, because I was going to ask you three different versions, but you asked me this one first, right? Because I can give you the answer. Okay. I would be too worried that if I tried to pull the lever... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have enough upper body strength to do it. 
Mm-hmm. And even you haven't been working out recently. I haven't been working out so recently. So you'll be responsible and, and still five people will die. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing the people will see is me going, uh, 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 and I don't want that for them. So it's best just to let them die. Just to let them die. I absolutely. I'm killing all five people. And I don't yeah. know how to work a, a train leader. Is your ethics like to take a picture for social media? Is it to video no. the proceedings? No. 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 I, I definitely, though, <laughs> will get on social media afterward to try to earn sympathy from people about what I've been through and the trauma I've experienced. And I'll be wiping blood off my face as I do it from all yeah. the corpses. Because you're trying to get out of it now. Come on, right? Listen, what, what are you going to do? You're going to actively I, honestly, kill one or passively kill What five? would I do? I am trying to get out of it. Because my thought, my first thought process is I, um, oh, I just had a thought. What is it? I think it's a, it's a Bo Burnham. It's a Bo Burnham song. Uh, I just saw a guy get hit by a train. He didn't see it in the pouring rain. He didn't hear me shout, hey, look out for that train. Because I didn't say anything. <laughs> it was sad. It was yeah. sad. Uh, that's yeah. I don't. I, I would. Um. Yeah. You like to think you would do it. I, yeah. I. I don't. I wouldn't. Probably. I would not know what to do. I'd be in shock. I yeah. would. Uh, I would be frozen. But I would what not would have you control. Ethically, think. Well, like, forget about that. Mm. Just ethically, what do you think is the right thing to do? This is going to get. I see where you're going with this. Yes. I. You. The instinct is to go. Five people are more important than one person. Okay. And then the response is no. Actually, that doesn't make any sense. But not. No. Not really. No. That. I think. I think that is. I see. I think the the initial trolley problem is the easy one. I think. Some people will disagree, but primarily I go like, I most people will go, yeah, kill one person actively rather than passively see five people die. But then it gets a bit more complicated. Yeah. Well, wait, before, okay. do you oh, want to? Oh, no, go ahead. Right. Your answer. Oh, so my answer would be, yeah, I think that even if you're, so there's different, there's what's called consequentialism and deontology. There are your two ethical types. And I think both sides could agree, could find a way to agree that, yeah, uh, actively pull the lever. I could argue for the coherence of that in whatever ethical position you Do take. you think that in real time you would have that ethical clear-headedness? I don't know, but that's not the point. The point is what is what's ethical. Don't what get tied onto a train track around, <laughs> around us. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So it's yeah. almost like it's, yeah, it's, so it's kind of like a pure kind of, which, get, which will, we are going to get into lots of deep things. From this, from this one question, it opens up. This is, this is the reason why they do it in philosophy, because this one simple, very weird, very funny question, within half an hour, you're led to really complex you're all over the ethical place. dilemmas. Cool. But here's a second dilemma then, okay. What if, uh, and this is, called, <laughs> this is called the fat man, right? What if there's no lever, but there's this big guy Right, you're 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 not you're not big enough to stop the track. If you if you fell in front of the tree and it wouldn't stop, but this guy's big enough that if you throw him in front, uh, the tree and it will derail and will and will will save the five people. So and the the other one. Yes. So pretty much, you know, it'll completely derail the train. You throw this fat guy onto the tracks. He's going to die, but you'll save, you know, five people or six people, whatever you want. Do you do that? Uh, no, no. So in a, technically it sounds exactly the same, right? So mm-hmm. in one, you're pulling the lever, you kill one person, right. you see a five. This is you throw someone on the tracks, you kill one person, mm-hmm. you see a five. The lever removes you just a degree enough that you can, you're taking action. Isn't as, uh, isn't as terrible. Is like, that what you say? So you yes, can, so- like having the lever, like how we can have our cell phones and it removes us from the horrors of, you know, Apple and all the things they have. We can take part in that kind of 
kind of badness because it's so far removed. The sacrifice of what it takes for us to get all of our goodies and all of our consumerism is, is far away from us. So the lever separates us. But to take someone and actually push them into it is uh, too close, I think. Okay, but then taking out what you would or wouldn't do, what's the ethical thing to do? Not what you would do, not what, just what, if you were... See, now, now you're reminding me that there is a, there are ethics beyond just what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the interesting thing about this conversation. It keeps hmm. coming back to I'm realizing what I, I would only like. ever think about what I would do. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even got you to the ethics yet. Nah, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's remarkable. It's like I, something in me has no interest. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Just thinking about how I'll feel. I, really, I, I feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if, I, if the liver is going to... Like, I know that if I don't pull the lever, I'm going to have a bad day for killing those five people. But I know if I do pull the lever, I'm always going to like feel like I had to kill somebody. And that's going to be a bummer. Yeah, so it is. But okay, getting back to the ethics of so it. So pure ethics and pure ethics, what should a person do? Um, there is a cool hawk. Uh, flying Ooh. outside right there, like hovering in the wind, flying in the wind. Wow, yes, because I'm high up, sometimes they float. Yeah, right it's cool. and almost like your, stay yeah. still, really yeah. neat. Um, this happened last time I was doing the Valley Cast by myself. A hawk flew in the middle of it. So, oh, nice. Uh, we're going to see a train go by soon and kill people. What was your question? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, what ethically should one do? Like, eth not about what you, you should like You should do what you need to do. You got to throw the guy in, right? Is that the answer? <laughs> you know, it's not, there's no answer as well. Where do I get to right. throw somebody in front of a train? Okay, yeah, yeah. You just want to do that, even if no one dies. I just want to throw exactly. somebody. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you one more. Please. And this, I'm having a great time. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Um, in this one, I can't believe how bad I'm doing at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell you your results, but it's pretty yeah, pissed. But you're really not a good person. <laughs> I think I could diagnose you as a narcissist, <laughs> <laughs> maybe with psychopathic tendencies. Um, in yeah. this one, uh, an innocent person has been accused of a crime, and the judge is has the choice to execute this person. Now, if they don't execute this person, there's a, a very angry mob that will go out and kill, say, five innocent people because they believe this person's guilty, right? So the judge knows they're innocent. Does the judge execute this innocent person knowing that the mob will now not go out and kill five innocent people? Or does the judge kill the innocent person to save, save. five innocent people? And he knows. He knows. And he knows. He knows yeah, he knows this person's innocent. But well, this, he knows that five people are going to die. Yeah, yeah, because he this mob are threatening. If if this person doesn't get killed, they're going to go into this town and they're going to kill some people, right? This is a an angry mob that are saying like this person has mm -hmm. to die. They're guilty. What and what is it? What I should do? Is... <laughs> how would I feel? Those yeah, like, yes, and how am I going to sleep at night? Um, no, I, I would. Uh, See what you're doing. It does. It is fun. It's a really fun <laughs> little uh, little trip down terrible situation lane. Mm. But uh, ethically, uh, you you mm, you can't you can't do that though. That's bad. Yeah, yeah. You can't kill the innocent person. Yeah, because that's that's wrong. So, that's buying into to the that's okay okay other people yep. have a fantasy that this person needs to die mm -hmm. and they're they believe it so much 
So it's really it is a it's a question of you're you're either going to remain in the real world where this person is innocent, or you're going to enter into their fantasy in order to have a more palatable outcome. So I don't know. Yeah, I would say you do, but you can't do that. You can't you can't let an innocent person. This is America. We don't do that. Yeah. Uh, but what would you do? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. What would you do? Well, I, you know, so what you I have do, the answers. Yeah, I have the answers. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Uh, but and, but here's so here's the interesting. You wouldn't thing execute the, the innocent person. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the three, the three. So on the surface, they're very similar, right? In the surface, all of them are about you pa- um, passively saving five people by actively killing one. But in the first one, it's pulling a lever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The second one, it's pushing someone in front of the train. And in the third one, it's killing an innocent person. And in your answers were pretty much, I think, is the first one, yeah, you know, I pull a lever. The second one, mm, I'm not sure. And the third one, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. What was the second one? Second one was throwing somebody in front of the train to stop at killing five people. I mean, ethical aside, definitely will not do that. Yeah. Okay. Ew. Yes. I know, but should you? Not would you, but should you? I removed the word should from my vocabulary a long time ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. all right. But yeah, but, and, but the funny thing is, and I think... And they all... Yeah, but the, the thing that I think most people here listening to this or watching it will feel the same, which is the first one, yeah. The second one, no. And the third one, no. Most people, like some people won't, but that's your usual kind of thing. Yeah. And then you've got to figure out, okay, what's the difference? Because there is a difference, right? Yeah. There are differences to those three, but what are they? Because... Um, and then that gets you into the question of ethics, and it gets yeah. you into the question of yeah. Huh. And then, because then you really have to have ethics would be like an ethical code, like you have a code. So at yes. some point, that code does not can't can't be broken. Yeah, you you have got a code, and if you break it, you're unethical. If you don't break it, you're ethical. Because most people potentially don't have like at least a conscious ethical code. We don't know how to make decisions between what's right and what's wrong, and and um. And that's the next question for you, if, you, if you're looking <laughs> this, is uh, what, what should, comp- does anything compel someone to do something they ought to do? What, what compels someone to be ethical? Is there anything that can compel someone to be ethical? Well, this is kind of the reverse argument of, uh, this is like the atheist argument, right? Where the, not even the atheist argument, the like tried and true theist argument, where like, how can you... Oh, yeah if you don't believe in God, you'll end up killing people and you'll end up murdering and, you know, yeah. all that kind of thing. And so then the some argument people, yeah. is, it, do you really need to believe in a God to, to be a good person? Yeah. Um, but it sounds like the argument is you do need to believe in something. God is a word that is has a certain connotation to it, but you there you still have to have a code, an ethical code. Yeah. So, so traditionally, yes, traditionally. Something above... And if you if you think that you are a kind of natural law ethicist, so you either think you have to do something because there's a God and you have to do what God says, or natural law. There are natural laws in 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 nature that we need to obey. Mm-hmm. And if you go that if you say that no what is good is what maximizes pleasure and minimizes pain for people, for society then you're justifying it by uh, consequentialist or utilitarian grounds. Mm-hmm. So those are the three standards. There's, there's, but those are like the three, you know. Do Walk I, me through them here. 
What's that? Walk me through these three. Okay, so God, you have to do. There's there's ethics because there's oh because here's handed here's down the tablet the Moses Ten Commandments. Those are your ethics. Yes. So because here's the problem I should say is, and Hume brought this out is there's a real problem between how you connect is and ought. We can talk about what is. Science talks about what exists, but as soon as you say what ought to mm-hmm. exist you get into ethics. So the question is, we can talk about what is, but when we talk about what we ought to do, what does that mean? So God is the first one, right? You, you, we ought to do certain things because of certain divine commands. And then there's the issue of, does God have to obey those commands Mm-mm. or is God free to choose them? Yeah. So God's free to choose them. He can do whatever he wants. So God could make murder ethical. Yeah, but why would he do that? But God, well, because if, if ethics is just what God decides. Maybe God's utilitarian. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <That's>, uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> i found my way out <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sure i've painted myself into a corner um but god so, okay, so, so god you, yeah god um and you, you're saying god doesn't obey moral laws god cre- god creates moral laws doesn't matter that's, a, in that's this, an aside yes in the, yes yeah second natural law which is just that there are certain just like there are physical laws there are natural laws and like a natural law would be survival for example that biological creatures want to survive and so ethics is based on the we find these natural laws and we obey these natural and laws. in nature you uh you don't take more than you need so you can have that and you can throw that that'd be like a natural you could, sort yeah. of you would put that on nature you go okay this is yeah, if you could, and it can include more argument. animalistic tendencies because that's also in nature. You just look to nature as your template rather than the Bible. Yes, yes, nature. Yeah, whether it's or animals and the or... universe. Yes, exactly. You you see patterns, and you're like, yeah, we we are part of the universe. We we should obey these these laws. Exist in, within harmony. Okay, great. Yeah. Which, by the way, some religious people have done. Like, wasn't there a documentary about penguins being monogamous or something like that? I don't sure, know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, okay, so but there's penguins two. are also dicks yeah do you know about penguins well that's why you once a year you go out and club them don't you i yeah. do that's yeah. my christmas tradition i know <laughs> it looks like uh, a lot of fun <laughs> it's very fun but yeah they uh they're all into necrophilia and all sorts of uh oh, yeah. they're insane like yourself like the natural exactly, <laughs> exactly. these, are, these are the natural laws they are, that we obey. Uh, they're fun to hang out with. Uh, <laughs> Funny enough, wild Des- stories yeah i mean marky Desad in juliet his argument for torture and rape and violence through the through the the pope uh, pope pious is that all of these things are natural yeah so, isn't so, that great yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very like it's Desaad's fascinating character he um so Desaad, and again as i but he ultimately wants to break not laws within nature he wants to break nature itself but he can't he's always because nature is like for him is this pagan circle where nothing's really destroyed nothing's really created energy just moves around and so the sad no much no matter how much violence he perpetrates on victims um who is this the sad marky the sad okay where the word sadism comes from um so oh. yeah yeah so he wrote these a lot he wrote a, I think there's a great movie called i think it's just called sad you should watch if you don't know much about him Ooh, okay yeah there. you didn't sell me on him with that with that first intro there <laughs> yeah sounds like yeah. a guy who needs to calm down yeah he was a, a fascinating guy he wrote Ju- juliet and justine are his two major works but um in juliet yeah he's um he he kind of it's it's a weird uh reverse natural law so it's a natural law of violence and destruction anyway but yeah so natural right. law or which is usually where people go first i think is consequentialism is ethics is 
based on maximizing pleasure, minimizing pain. Sure. In some way. So those are three, like, there's, I don't, Which is I, another way to say kind of outcome, right? Or is that like a outcome, a personally yes, satisfying outcome. outcome? Yes. Gives you a certain sense of, I did the right thing. You give to charity because it, it, uh, Makes you feel good. Yeah, although interestingly for utilitarianists, it's what the result is. So it's not so much the act, but yeah, does the act increase goodness? Yeah. And does it increase pleasure uh, and minimize pain? So it gets into a lot of uh, problems because, for example, you can do something that is ethical, like you could open a door to let people out, but the door is connected to a trigger that creates an explosion that kills people. So that did not maximize pleasure. So although your act was ethical you were trying to let people out of a room um it wasn't a ethical act because good did not result from it which is a bit weird mm -hmm. it's almost like that guy um who shot somebody on set rust alec baldwin, uh, alec baldwin. like there's sort of question of like supposedly he didn't pull the trigger, trigger. or something oh yeah, holding yeah. It was misfire. i don't know he did some weird interview but i didn't watch it so. yes no, i didn't watch it. i've heard bits and pieces but the interesting thing is probably i don't know the ins and outs but if he didn't know there was a bullet in it you know, he didn't, he pulled the trigger not intending to kill someone. So it wasn't an ethical act, but from a consequentialist position, you know, somebody died. So there was a lot of suffering created. So was that an unethical act when really it's weird because he didn't have agency, you know, he didn't, you know, so there's these weird questions come up. Yeah. I mean, but an ethical act is different than a not unethical act, right? Like mm -hmm. you can do like he wouldn't, it certainly wouldn't be an ethical act to accidentally have a gun misfire in your hand, but or an unethical act. Yeah. It, but yeah, yeah, it would yeah. also wouldn't be an unethical act, right? Cause you wouldn't be doing anything. Yes. You're just unless you extend it far enough to go, well, you shouldn't have been, you're the producer on the set, you know, you should, but then that's all like, yeah, you can make a case for that, but um, yeah. that's not what you think of. That's not, doesn't, it removes the, the punch of the event, I think, yeah. a, a couple degrees far, uh, farther away. <clears throat> yeah, no, totally. Um, but but consequences do tend to just try to look at what what maximizes pleasure. But loads of problems come because then if you're like if you're a very kind of crude utilitarian, then you would kill. A utilitarian was that utilitarian? Utilitarian, like that. Um, you would kill the innocent person. Technically, because by killing one innocent person, you're causing them suffering, right, yeah. but you're, you know, you're minimizing the suffering of five people and that doesn't sound good. It's, um, it's interesting, you know, that, uh, all of these seem to center around an absence of the subjective experience. They all seem to have a, uh, stance. They're a stance removed from the actual individual experience, which I guess is probably where I was coming from with yeah. my explanations of things. Going, putting myself in my own shoes, going, what would I do, uh, is a different, way different conversation than what would uh, be the correct thing to do. So you're you're a Buhara theorist, which is well, is that Buddhist? What is that? No, I don't. Buhara is a kind of a it's a it's a Probably a nasty way of saying it, you know, but it's where, you know, if you don't like something, you go boo, and if you like something, you go yes. Yeah. So, like, ethics is basically <laughs> what yeah, we I like. <laughs> what we like and what we don't like. It's like taste. You know, you don't like, if you don't like Brussels well, sprites. No, go, no. Oh. I'm just saying you could like and not like anything, but you can also, a factor in the equation is the actual individual, no? Like, the, so the the effect it has on the judge who sends the innocent person to to be executed is going to play a factor in it, right? Just as much as any kind of ethical standpoint, like, yeah. you know, don't, he's at home at night and he's talking to his, his uh, spouse and 
He says, you know, I think I need to do this to save all these other people's lives. She's like, well, uh, if you do it, you know, you're not going to be able to, it'll destroy your life. Like it'll destroy you mentally. And then he goes, okay, you're right. Like it'll destroy me mentally. So I, he then actually is saving himself in the process of, uh, of freeing the yeah. innocent person. So no, that's true. You have to yeah, absolutely kind of circle in the individual themselves. I did the boo-rah-rah thing again. <laughs> no, that, that, that would be like utilitarians want to say, maximizing pleasure your your own included that has to be included in the in the um in the table in the algorithm but the then the kantians of which i'm probably a bit this is they do kind of go well an ethical act is an act that you do no matter how it makes you feel so it you have it's called non-pathological acts where it's an act that has no self-interest at all which we can't do in reality mm-hmm. right you can't do a completely non-pathological like to act. aim for it though What's it? It? but yeah but to kind of aim for it but the third so there's there's your that's why the lever is such an e- that's an easier option right you're a little bit more you feel a little less yes yeah well yeah so you're a bit divorced from that's yeah. why you, yeah. But see, it's interesting because you're thinking about, which I think is really interesting, the subjective experience. So, if, for example, be, fighting someone with a sword is more hard to kill somebody, but shooting somebody from a distance is easier. Or killing yeah. someone with a drone is even easier because yeah. they're worse. But ethically, they're the same, but subjectively, they, one might be easier than the other. This is philosophy and psychology. Oh, uh, yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, you know, it took loads of people, it took a lot of training to get people to kill people do you know this i thought you were gonna this, say it took a lot of trains for them to get <laughs> yeah because this is actually yeah this was a true thing they set this up for years the trolley the trolley problem yeah <laughs> um but the reason why stormtroopers are shit shots technically you could say <laughs> is that it's because soldiers especially conscripted soldiers psychologically always try to miss their targets right nice. so there's that thing about oh why are stormtroopers so shit at shooting if they're are they conscripted Stormtroopers? Storm I don't know. I think they're clones or something. Clones, but yeah, they're, they're probably not, like, they're not voluntarily wanting to do it necessarily. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. They, some of them defect, and that's where you get, like, Bill Bird defects in Mandalorian. And that's it. So, because what, what was discovered so, uh, was... What's when, his name? Ren, I think, in... Uh, I don't know if it's Ren. The shit new ones? Uh, the new ones, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because there was a study done where they were, like, the, the improvement of guns, the improvement of weapons to hit the target didn't improve the number of targets that were being hit didn't improve the desire of the people to kill exactly humans. <laughs> and so they discovered that people would shoot high and only like real psychos who join like special forces or whatever actually enjoy killing so the the art military now do a lot of training to get to desensitize you to make you yeah kill. i realized a long time ago that um i grew up bow hunting i grew up yeah. you know going to the woods and uh that kind of thing and, wow um yeah you'd be surprised a lot of levers all the levers i've pulled but uh <laughs> So I grew up always eating um, venison meat a lot, yeah. and I'm super stoked because um, there's going to be a little bit when I go home um, to Florida, but I don't, I like it in the sausage. They make really good sausage. But anyway, yeah. um, my, I, I would consider what would be considered an ethical form of hunting. My dad always did the archery, and to this day, I think it's a very cool uh, thing. It's very – it's you have less um, – you have a lot of control, but it's not like a gun. Like a gun, you can pretty much blow the deer away pretty easily, but it takes a little bit more. Uh, With the arrow, they die slower, and you like that. And you like that. You like watching <laughs> yeah. it happen. Uh, and so you, you would, you know. But then after a while, it was like year after year, over the past like several years, uh, my dad would just be like, "I, I haven't, uh, I haven't killed. I haven't, nope. You know, went out, didn't get, saw one. You know, saw one. 
not quite big enough. Saw one. It was a little too far away. Saw one. I, uh, I got there. was just too, you know, it was cold and I didn't feel it. And, you know, then it ran away and I made too much noise and my heart, you know, just, and, and uh, finally he's got one recently, but it was, it got to a point where I was like, I don't think he wants to kill these deer. Yeah, like, <laughs> he likes the deer. He's got a he's he's got he a loves soft it. spot for the deer. And they're beautiful animals. Yeah. And I understand both sides of it. And I love it when there's uh you know meat to eat, and I think it's a cool way to eat meat. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a very fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, funny. It that's funny. Kind of yeah, because like, I I'd never thought about that for a hunter, but probably you know if you start oh, like to get te- overconnect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have a teddy bear of a dad, so he's just yeah, he's like, such a nice. Ah, just like, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let him let him go. Let Your him dad's go. great. Uh, you, have we met him once? I think. But, really? Uh, yeah. Well, you can come home for Christmas. Oh yeah. Okay. Come back to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be wild. Um. I'll just take no for an answer. That's a lever you don't want to pull, Pete. Yes. <laughs> I just quietly move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so, we, we, so before, like, there's another way out of this, but before I do, like, any of those appeal to you in particular? I don't, like, there is a, a fourth one um, about where ethics come from. But, like, I don't, you know what, to be honest with you, since remembering what the trolley problem is, I don't entirely think I've thought about quote unquote ethics uh for maybe my whole life mm. like it is an interesting subject i don't know that has any bearing <laughs> <laughs> on my data except yeah. yeah i would assume it would be a um m- a mixture of this sort of uh what's best for the majority you know live for the herd live for the tribe love that combined with a certain ethical code that i guess i would kind of have um and uh, taking things all of it lightly and not freaking out about it, I guess, would be yeah. my my ethical. Yeah. Did any of that make sense though? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of like most. Did that of make us... you sound like an absolute psychopath? No, because I think I think most of us in our daily lives, we make ethical choices in very kind of minimally ethical ways. Like we just choose what is easiest, what works best, what will minimize pain and maximize pleasure, and then very occasionally something will happen and we'll self-sacrifice in some incredibly uh, yeah. strong way. And that, you know, so, yeah. Like, I got a problem right now with uh, K-Cups. Okay, what are K-Cups? Uh, Keurig, it's the pods and you put them in Ooh. the thing. Coffee? Coffee. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, Grace and I have talked about this multiple times about just, like, let's not do that. Like, that's an excessive amount of trash. Like, that's too much. And... I go through like little spurts of not doing it and I'm not naming names, but sometimes K cups appear in the house <laughs> and I do use them when they're there. Cause it's very convenient and very quick, but it's that kind of thing where I'm like, I don't, I shouldn't do Those are, those are really gratuitously bad and uh, for the environment. And so I, I go, ah, whatever, but I still use them. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And yeah, well, well, that's what, a good example. What, yeah. Where's that land, May? Yeah. Um, the, what is it when you know the thing is wrong ethically, but you can't say why, and then you do it anyway? <laughs> that is human beings. You normally. There you go. But do you? Here's a good question about the environment, right? Do you try to recycle, which is obviously completely kind of impotent in relation to corporations and what they deserve? But anyway, but do you I, try to yes. recycle because um, it's going to help the environment? Or do you just do it because it's the right thing to can do? Can I tell you the... Can I, 
I got to tell you the worst thing I've done recently. I put I put some I didn't have enough room in the trash can, so I just put some of the straight up trash in the recycling bin. In the what? I put the trash in the recycling bin. I didn't yeah. have room in the trash can, so I just put. It, I know it goes to the same place. It goes to the same. I place. I don't believe for a second. <laughs> yeah, like I've got there's two different shoots in this building, yeah. and I'm pretty sure they just go down they go into the, the same, same thing. <laughs> they go, you can go down <clears throat> yeah. there and check. Yeah. They probably go into the place. I felt so bad. I it is like, the button on the is the closed door button on the elevators. You think you're doing something that makes you feel. Yeah, you're just looking you're, like an asshole to the person <laughs> trying to get on the. Yeah, uh, but I felt bad. Yeah, I was yeah. like, nah. All right, and then I forgot immediately. But you know they do that on all the traffic lights. You know the button on traffic lights doesn't do anything. Like if you just wait and don't press it, the green man will appear anyway. The button is just there to give you the illusion of activity. Well, okay, but the button also, in a lot of them for deaf folks, does produce Uh an alarm that allows them to know when the... Okay, so some of them do. Okay, some of them do something. But you're right that it is in... Because whenever, when COVID came along, there were all these signs saying, you don't press the button, it'll still work. And I was like, that was just, you know, and I've seen it before where, you know, you press the button or you don't and still you'll get the... Everything, but anyway, the conspiracy theory is another episode. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's my big conspiracy theory. Um, Okay, but here's so here's the way, right? I like this. This is fun. I'm having a great time. uh, Hit me with another question that I can miserably fail at answering. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, well, here's the thing, right? If the, the basic question of ethics is why. Do we have to do like why why should you recycle like as i say is it utilitarian because you're trying to save the planet or even if the planet was going to be ruined and you could see into the future and you could see that it wasn't going to help would you still do it because that's the right thing yeah. to do, right and you, you're saying yeah there's something about it that just there's a love of people and a love of the whole point of life being like this is nice to be here don't be an asshole yeah and then always doesn't the, matter about whether or not everything's going to come out to be perfect or that every action you take is going to have some reward that you can quantify later. It's the, yeah. I think it, it, it helps your, your quality of life to do things in an ethical way. Yeah. Um, so it's oh, selfish. So selfish. Yes. That well, whole thing. Yeah. Well, so people generally tend to then go to utilitarianism, which I think is, and I'll tell you why I think it's, and you not your, cause you've said things like you would do it anyway. Like I think, most of us actually are not utilitarian, but we think it's the right way. We go like, well, human beings want to maximize their pleasure. They want to minimize their pain. All biological creatures attempt to thrive and attempt to propagate the survival of the species. So ethics should be based on those principles because they're, yeah. they're a teleological, sure. not really, they're like a pseudo teleological dimension of reality that, that biological creatures want to survive and thrive. So hey, let's build a, a, a system of ethics that just kind of runs in those tracks. Okay, I kinda, I'm following you, but okay. Okay, which is kind of evolutionary psychology and whatever. But there's another way to grind ethics that is not just about, hey, we maximize pleasure, minimize pain, or there has to be natural law or God. And it is the promise that ethics is connected to the fact that when you make a promise you're binding yourself to something. So if I promise to give you a back massage next week, I now, if I don't... Don't tease me. <laughs> yeah, but if I don't do that, I am being 
unethical. I ought to do it. If I promise, I am binding myself. So I'm not bound by God or by natural law or by pain or pleasure. I bind myself through my promise to do it. And if I do I like do that. It, yeah. I think that there's a there's a uh, something to be said for a lot of this uh, whatever ethical framework you're in, um, a lot of what I like about it is it in some way engages you with life through your actions. Yeah. You can sit on the side and you can go, Oh, why would I promise Elliot a back massage? Even though I know he's stressed out and it'd be weird. Uh, (laughs) but the very act of the, the binding is a sort of connecting the inner to the outer world. And I think that's where most of life happens. Yeah. Cause before the promise, there's no ethics before without subjectivity, without the promise, whatever, as soon as I promise now subjectively, I promise something to you. And if I don't do it, then I'm bad. Or if I'm, if I, if my job is to, uh, I'm a detective, I'm a, my job is a detective, which means I ought to solve crimes. If I don't solve crimes, then I'm a bad detective because to, to be a detective is binding me to a rule that, and if to, I don't live up to that rule, I am, I am. Yeah. The rule know, is to detect. To detect. Yes. <laughs> so, and that, that, that came to me because I've been watching, rewatching all my Columbus. Recently. Oh God, yeah, that's I've a been, cry for help if oh, ever there was so one. Good. Um, and then the way I think you can expand this out is you can say that to be part of society is to be part of a social contract. So to be part of a society is to be part of a, a whole lot of promises. We're, we, uh, Rousseau calls it the social contract where you don't sign a contract when you come into the world, but to, but to be in the world, to be in the modern world, we implicitly make promises to each other and therefore to be ethical is to live up to those promises. I like that. I also like the idea that there is just as much of an inner society as there is an outer society. And therefore, sometimes some sometimes I'll have certain ethical codes where I'm a utilitarian. And sometimes I'll be very like, God said, don't do this. So yeah. you know, I'm not going to do this. And then other times I go, you know what? I know all of these things say I should do all these things, but I'm going to have my K-cups anyway. I'm going to put the trash in the recycling. I'm going to be a little piece of shit sometimes. And then I'm going to... Sometimes you probably make promises to yourself oh, that you'll work out. Oh, you would say so. And you break the promises. And then I go, ah, yeah. that was nice. Was like, <laughs> hey, you make them, you break them. And uh, you give voice to all the different, uh, you know, political parties in your own brain. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Yeah, you, you make your own promises as well and break your promises Everyone, yeah. and your rituals. And... To, to sum up my entire being into one ethical, or your entire being into one ethical framework would be, I think, to silence all of the other aspects of you that might... Uh, operate in a different way there's part of you that might look at a butterfly and be like the law of nature says that we are trying to do yeah. for a time you will operate that way yeah so so you're you're trying to say that we you kind of bounce you could, one could bounce between different ones there's a fifth yeah, yeah there's a fifth yeah. way of okay. ethics and that's called <laughs> light schizophrenia yes <laughs> yeah see i think that would be consequ- that would be consequentialist if you if you can if you feel you can jump between them and there's not a system. Oh, I can't jump between. Them. I just I have jumped. You you. Oh, you're, no well, you're you. saying that's what people do. People, no. Yeah, yeah, but then I think that we means, yeah jump among. Yes. I don't know. I'd lose <laughs> but that's like so. Some people say to me, okay, you know, like oh, you could you could take all the different psychoanalytic theories and just use whichever one works in the clinic. But I'm going like, but that is a self-opposition. 
that's a that is a position and a particularly weak one. I know. I was yeah. reading this essay uh, about the um, the argument about uh, certain forms of therapy and or uh, maybe it was a dream dream interpretation and the argument that it's all about the click for the the patient. You know, when the patient when it, the patient clicks. When they go, that makes sense. That's the correct uh, interpretation. And this whole article is like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Like that, mm-hmm. you could have. There's things that click for people all the time oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that, that aren't good for anybody, and they're not good for them, and they're not true, and they're not, you know, even remotely close to it. But yeah. you're relying on some kind of catharsis to go, oh, okay, this makes sense. And so it's a very interesting. It was it was called something against the click. It was like we have to talk about that damned click. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because because certain people, especially in psychotic structures, they as well mentioned psychotic. Yeah, the yeah. psychotics. Because they, they didn't say love psychotic the structure, but they said oh, yeah. psychotics. will yeah. Oh yeah, they yeah they love like so people I know who they're always looking for the thing that works and then think they find it and then it feels bah, that way and it feels that way. Oh my goodness! And then they're fully committed to this as the answer and then that doesn't work out but then they and and that actually is not it's not that they're finding lots of cures is that this is actually preventing them from a cure they have to be cured from the click itself yeah Yeah, become trigger happy yes that's click happy i like that yeah um all right well oh can i add one thing oh please you can keep going oh yeah i assume you but yeah only only because i want to kind of like end with what with uh what i think is the right (laughs) position um which (laughs) is that uh, makes sense you could do that (laughs) um so we're getting kind of closer to it. So the one I just outlined is called um, uh, contractual deontology, where you basically go, we're in a social contract. Whenever you enter the world, we're bound by certain rules and responsibilities to participate in society. If you don't want to participate in society, you you know go off, live in the mountains. You're and, having a great couple of years. Yeah. But, you know, but if you're in this, we're kind of like, for better, for worse, we're completely, yeah. Okay. And that's what the legal system is there to do, to kind of whatever. So that's contractual um, deontology and the only thing that i want to add to that and this is you can use Derr- the philosopher Derrida to do this um, and I, it's, this isn't where I'm at completely but Derrida says that in every system there's not just what the system is the system also generates a possibility for what it can be so every society has certain economic and political systems but those systems also never fully work and they create a possibility of a promise for something better fantasy yeah Yeah, so and he calls this the undeconstructible the undeconstructible is this is this dimension of promise so whenever you talk about democracy democracy is never fully here there's always a better democracy there's always a promise of something better and so i think to be ethical is to commit yourself contractually to the society you're in and to the promise that is not being fulfilled within that society. But the way I would say it, which I, is actually not Interesting. I see. Okay, that's, okay. I like that a lot. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. And so what Lacan would say and what Shizek would say is slightly different again, but they would say, yeah, that every society generates its an antagonism. Mm-hmm. And so to be faithful to the society is also to be faithful to bringing that antagonism to the surface which then leads to transformation of society. So to be ethical is not to be in the world, which is to be fully committed to all of the rules of your society, but it's not to be completely out of the world and to be in some sort of completely 
separate fantasy, setting up your own community. It's to be in the world, but not of it. To be productively maladapted to your world. To be committed to your the society and to what the society's potential is that hasn't been realized. For me, that is what an ethical subject is. That's very nice. Yeah. I just thought we were talking about a funny meme. <laughs> I, I really, I would have come more prepared. I have thoughts. I know they're there, yeah. but I don't have uh, the details and the well-formulated thing that, that you see this you is you, 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 you went right into my wheelhouse i mean my primary I unicycled into it too like, yeah so as soon as you said i want to do the trolley problem you're thinking memes and i was thinking oh this brings me back to my yeah. ethics i watched you know? some fun videos thought about the trolley problem a little bit i was like it's funny this taken off on a cultural socio-political level i wonder what's going on in people's minds that this has suddenly become hyper popularized and you were like this breaks apart all forms of ethics <laughs> which uh, i believe uh is a would be a form of uh there's some kind of return of the the repress going on there's uh, on a cultural yeah. level there's some kind of thing going on where people are like uh for example have you heard about these biblically accurate angel memes that are going on no. there's some weird stuff going on in this this uh culture where there's you know bibli biblically accurate memes uh is this whole um <laughs> meme genre that so they create, they take, they take the descriptions of like angels in the Bible, yes, which are and then they create wheels them. within wheels yeah. with eyeballs in the wheels, They're plasmic all, things, yeah. and it's like uh, it'll be all these memes like "Fear not," says the Bible. I am an angel, and then it goes the angel, and it's this like horrid <laughs> thing that has no like head or tail, and it's got like a you know ball of smoke. It's crazy. So anyway, you uh, think they're aliens, don't you? That's, that's the description of aliens? No, 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 no. Uh, I think aliens are <laughs> biblically accurate angels. Come on. <laughs> you got it backwards. Uh, oh, here, by the way, do you know that there's a real-life version of the trolley problem currently having to be figured out in terms of self-driving cars? Do you know about this? Oh, that's great. I, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, because it's a real dilemma. I mean, I don't know. How, like, So the dilemma is... There's going to be occasions when so, yeah. <laughs> it's the trolley problem. It's the trolley problem. Like there's going to be occasions where there's going to be an accident. The computer is going to be able to know there's going to be an accident. Does it kill you, the driver, or does it kill the person on the street? So where the car basically goes, we're about to hit somebody. Yeah. Do I throw the driver off the bridge and kill the driver, or do I kill the kid, or two kids, or three kids, or the driver? Yeah, this goes kind of. It's kind of connected to the conversation about whether or not AI is going to take over everybody. Because it can it really if they're not like split objects, if they're not like you know, if they don't have contradiction within themselves to be able to. Yeah. Yes, I, absolutely. I've, I've been reading. So yeah, I <laughs> yes. didn't come with my homework today, but uh, it's a it's an inch. Oh, and have you heard the other thing that the uh, electric cars, supposedly, you can. Uh, if you want to just completely like uh, jack them, you can just take a, not jack them, but make them unable to work. You just take a piece of chalk and you just draw a circle around them. No. And they think it's, <laughs> they think it's the road. So you can't do it. And I'm like, imagine if we just immediately switched over to electric cars. I can't guarantee I wouldn't go out with some chalk and you go into a parking lot and you just go, 
chuck all right <laughs> cause utter chaos i would never do that uh, but you know someone would and yeah, that's, uh, yeah yeah wow. <laughs> anyway folks thank you so much this has been a fun conversation that went in a way more philosophical direction than uh i was expecting but i hope you had a great time <laughs> i you expected did. or wanted <laughs> i liked it no i i is a pleasantly surprised uh podcast but thank you so much if you're interested in supporting this podcast you can go to patreon.com slash the fundamentalists uh you can also go check out pete at instagram.com slash peter rollins where he's always updating what he's doing he does all these fun live seminars you can check out you can also follow me at instagram.com slash elliot morgan uh and that's it that's it thank you don't run over people <laughs>